Lambo is incredible. And you know what? It's just it's an absolutely magical place. Hello and welcome to the Gridiron Show. And coming up today, we're going to be reflecting on the action at Lambeau this weekend. Matt Sherry joins us live from the Touchdown Trips Gridiron Tour. He's now in Chicago. We're going to hear from three big-name Packers from inside the locker room after their win. We'll look back on Monday Night Football. I've got a fluey Ollie in the studio. I've got a hungover Matt Sherry from Chicago. What could go wrong? This is the Gridiron Show. You're listening to The Gridiron Show. Will Gavin with you in studio here at TalkSport. I'm actually in the same studio as Ollie Hunter for once. A rarity in itself, and he's all full of coffee and fluey. So brilliant. I'm really glad that yeah. I get to share this yeah. tiny space with you. I think I'm going, I'm taking a, a sick day tomorrow. I feel so ill. I've been ill for about ten days. Plane flu, Japanese flu. I'm just, I'm just ill, Willie. I'm ill. I'm absolutely now clipping this audio and sending it to the, uh, sending it to the powers that be, so that they can know that you have every intention of pulling a sickie. Uh, uh, yeah, but it's not. <laughs> it's, it's an actual sick day. I mean, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Uh, and we've got Matt Sherry on the line from apparently a Target or something in Chicago. You know, buddy. How do you sound clearer right now than you do when you're in Hartley? <laughs> yeah, that's a great point. I mean. Perfect 4G signal. Superb. Whereas they haven't haven't even got 3Gs in Hartlepool yet. (laughs) That's true. They're still on H plus or whatever it was. Yeah, they they still do the dial up. No, guys, stop this this guy. (laughs) (laughs) They've got phones with. They've they've got web access phones. (laughs) (laughs) Sherry finding out his scores from CFAX. I used uh, to love CFAX. CFAX, yeah, CFAX you're too young to remember CFAX. Don't be ridiculous. That's not true. You know they still have CFAX. Well, I know they still have it, but I, Sherry is way too young to remember the days where if you were in a if you were a fan of a lower league team, you weren't going to be featured on the radio. You couldn't get on your local radio station because you weren't at home. So you had to put like load up the. Division 1, 2, and 3 page on CFAX, and you had to wait about every five or six minutes it would roll around to the page with your score on. Yeah. You got to see it for three seconds, and then you had to wait again for four minutes. That's how That was the equivalent of a live blog when three I was a two, child, three, Sherry. It was, it, was, it was three or two, wasn't it, on BBC? Yeah, 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 it was. That was, that was football, yeah. if yeah. I remember right. I think it was 400 on Teletext, wasn't it? 400 yeah, it was, mate, yeah. yeah. It was magical, it was. magical. Uh, hot, hot CFAX uh, <laughs> Teletext <laughs> chat. Uh, coming up on the show today, we're going to be hearing from Brian Bulaga, Kelly, Kenny, Kelly Clark, Kenny Clark, uh, and Rashan Gary from inside the uh, the locker room. Plus Kyle Rudolph speaking with us on Talksport after the Minnesota Vikings twenty eight to twenty four win over the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I think, like, because we're doing this show quite late in the week, guys, we'll focus on the game that that Matt was at this weekend, and then we'll focus on those those couple of primetime games if there's any other burning takeaways that you want to get from a weekend where upsets were rife the falcons beating the saints the chiefs losing again uh, and then of course the uh, the big sunday night monday night football games we're not going to talk too much about that uh, you i you slag me off for saying that for bigging up this slate of games and i was really positive about it <laughs> whoa 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 what well, do you know slags you off this feels like a a, a slight overestimation of what i said it's 100 percent what happened but i thought the slate of games was great 
so you know, it turned out I was turned out to be correct yet again. Only only two out of the thirteen games played this weekend finished outside of a score. There you go, brilliant, brilliant week. But let's start off by focusing on Matt Sherry because that's what he demands we do as the editor of Gridiron Magazine. And, uh, and the, touchdown, right. <laughs> the Touchdown Trips Tour now rolled into Chicago, but after a Saturday spent at Wisconsin, Sunday Scanty. at Lambeau Field. Starting off with Sherry, y- you taking the guys on a tour, like the historical tour of Lambeau beforehand, and the video of you kind of it stood outside the gates explaining where the first game was and, and how they first came into the league. I was like, you're taking the NFL 100 show on tour. I've never been more offended that I wasn't involved, but <laughs> I-, I-, I was absolutely loving your work, sir. Thanks very much. Yeah, it was great fun. I mean, it's a, it's an amazing place, and and just, I mean, just getting the game in the in the snow was was just amazing. Like everybody on the trip was on such a high afterwards. We said how lucky we were because, you know, the game was originally meant to kick off at at twelve o'clock over here, and they ended up moving it back. Now, had it kicked off at twelve, it would have just been a game in freezing cold Lambo. But to get the snow and yeah. and, and that second half, man, it was just magical. Now. Overall, from a perspective, and we're going to hear, as we said, from the Packers' locker room, it, it came off the back of that horrendous loss against the Chargers and yeah. where they just absolutely dropped a brick on the road. Is this more the Packers that we expect to see? Were you impressed with them overall? Or, you know, you've been someone who's been pretty down on them overall this season, Sherry. So were you Simon Clancy-style won over by seeing them in person? Or uh, how were you feeling after the game? <laughs> Uh, not hugely. I mean, I, I thought the game turned on on a few moments. You know, Carolina's fumble um, when they were ten seven up and driving into Packers territory. I thought that really changed the whole course of the game. And then, obviously, at the end of the half, you have the the terrible rough and the passer call that not only costs the Panthers, uh, not only gains the Packers three points, but costs the Panthers a possession. So, I, I, I thought Green Bay were were exactly what I think what they've been all season, which is a team who who do operate in the margins on seemingly every game and, and have, have been on the right side of the more mm. times than not. The only thing I would say, that their offensive line was really good in this game and the running game looked good. Now, if they can get that, continue that going and they've picked up, you know, the picking up the zone blocking scheme and things like that. And they are still, I mean, as bad as their defence has played, they are still unbelievably talented on defence. So if you put those two elements together in Lambeau Field, I mean, the, the where they are now, they're the second seed in the in the NFC. So you get a bye, end up with a, with a, with kind of home field potentially all the way through the playoffs. Then that formula can take them a long way. But yeah, I mean, I thought again they were in a situation where the other team made critical mistakes that they profited on. And you've, I mean, you, I think you have to give Green Bay credit for not making the mistakes themselves. But yeah, and and, and Rogers really didn't have a good game at all. I mean, the the, the even the feeling amongst the Packer fans on the buses. His concern. I mean, he, he missed. He missed a lot of throws. You know, it's that's not something we accuse him of a lot. But he he missed a, a couple of touchdowns at the end of the first half. Easy throws. The, the between the one that to Jimmy Graham that was that was called back. Either side of that, you know, he's he's got open guys in the end zone. And he's missed them, and that and that was really what we saw from him on the day. He made a couple of really nice throws, a couple of really nice plays, but increasingly feels like that's what we get from Aaron Rodgers. We get a couple of magical out of structure plays, but it it just I don't know, it just doesn't look right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I'm convinced by them, but if the defence, if talent can come together, then they've got a chance. But I still feel there's, there's many better teams in, in, in the league. 
Ollie? Yeah, I, I can't disagree with any of that. Um, Rogers doesn't look fluent. Um, he looks out of rhythm, actually, at times, and uh, almost annoyed with himself for missing the the open men and it, it it's a weird situation where he isn't actually blaming anyone else he's he's annoyed with himself but the, the you know you're right Shezza he does make some really pretty throws that one to Devontae Adams which they yeah reckon, with the diving cut oh what it's a 27% probability that he would have caught it I don't know how they worked that out but an absolute laser through the air for 40 yards it, it, it was a flat yep. Dart, a beautiful thing to see. I mean, he's clearly still got arm talent. He is still yeah. Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. He might not be vintage Aaron Rodgers right now, but there's always yeah. going to be the potential for him to make that kind of play. It's just... Uh, it does feel like he's tried to work within the structure more this year. And actually, when he's gone out of the structure, yeah. you've had those brilliant kind of towards the ends of games where he's had some great moments in Aaron Rodgers' style. But I think that can... Whilst it's not necessarily all clicking perfectly right now, I think if they can make that zone run game work you were talking about, if they can make the in-structure stuff work and know that he can do the out-of-structure stuff late in games, they can be much more like, and we'll get on to them, the, the, what the Seahawks' offense have done in their good games this season, where they've operated within a good run game and, and within structure and then allowed the quarterback to make the big plays when he's had to, rather than relying on those moments, which, as we've seen yeah. in the past carries you through the regular season when you're playing a bunch of uh, crap sippers, but doesn't necessarily take you through when you get into the playoffs and start playing really good defences. I mean, I, I still ultimately think the season ends for them in bad, in, in, in kind of a bad circumstances at home in the playoffs. Like, I think, I think they will just get done by, by a better team. But I, I think the other element that's a positive for them that I asked a lot of the guys about who you'll hear is, you know, I, I do think a win like that does a lot for a team. You know, when when you get into those games late in the season that are going to come down to the wire, just having the experience of delivering a goal line stand like that to see the game out and 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 you know being on the field with with it all on the line for the final play and, and coming on the right side of it, I do think that helps. So yeah, I mean, there's positives. The biggest positive is the record, isn't it? I mean, I don't think that they're, they're, they're a team who should have the record that they do, but they do. So they really need to try and capitalise on that over the next few weeks and months. Yeah, they're eight and two, and then by next week, and then off the back of that, they have to go to San Francisco. It might be a nice time to start playing San Francisco, given what happened at the at, uh, on Monday Night Football. And then you've got Giants and Washington before you welcome the Bears. So if they win three out of the next four before having to go to the Vikings, and the Vikings can slip up, we've seen that they're fallible, uh, yeah. and then the Lions' last thing, you'd expect the Packers to win, I don't know, five, maybe at least four of those last six games. So yeah. if that's the case, that's a 12-14. and 14. So and and yeah. you talk to any Packers fan, I think they'd probably take that right now. Let me um, let's hear yeah. from Brian Bulaga, the the Packers tackle uh, who Matt caught up with in the locker room. And then the last thing I do want to ask you about on the Packers is a running back who has uh, got quite a lot of love recently. Here with Brian Bulaga in the victorious Packers locker room, we have an idea in the UK in our minds of what stereotypical Green Bay football is, and it looked a little bit like that second half. What was it like to play? Yeah, I mean I've. Uh... I've had the pleasure of playing in a few of those snow games, and uh, that was a good one. That was way more than what I expected today. Um, makes for a cool atmosphere, I think. Um, I think the fans enjoy it. Um, and I always like to think it's a good advantage for us at home. 
Yeah, because you're used to it. I've, obviously, I read Coach Lafleur had you guys practicing in those conditions as well. How much does that help when it comes down to the the end of the game? Are you a little bit more used to it than the opponent? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it's a little we're a little more comfortable in it. Um, when you practice in it and you're outside and you and you deal with it every day, um, it just be kind of becomes second nature going out there and playing in it. Um, and, you know, elements can happen anyway. You know, you go down south and you play in the heat. That's another element, but it just doesn't look as cool as the snow. So um, you got to be able to play in whatever, but I definitely think the snow is uh, it's a little helper here in Lambeau. Spoke to a lot of offensive linemen, and they always say that they prefer run blocking to pass blocking. How nice is it in a second half like that when you're building the game plan around you guys on the offensive line, opening the holes? Are those the kind of games that you want to be playing in and, and certainly as we get towards January as well. Yeah, no doubt. Um, as offensive linemen, you know, when you're told, hey, we're going to run the ball and, you know, chew up clock and, and hold on to the football, I mean, that's that's a pride thing and that's something that we we enjoy doing. Um, it's a challenge uh, when everyone knows you're probably going to run the football and, um, you know, we are consistently able to get big chunks of yardage today and, um you know, it was good to, you know, get another one of those good running games again. You guys probably had your most difficult out of the season on the line against the Chargers. Uh, did you have a point to prove in this game and want to come down and, and make a statement? Yeah, I mean, I, you know, we, we kind of take this thing one week at a time. Um, what happened last week, we reviewed it, we watched it, learned from it, and, and kind of move on. I mean, you got to have a short memory, you know, in the NFL. You, you don't have you know 82 games or 100 something games you know like baseball and basketball we got 16 of them so um if you dwell on what happened the last week you know bad things are going to happen the next week so you learn from it you move on i mean we know the type of group that we have up front um we just knew we needed to perform better and that's really what it comes down to is doing better performing better and um obviously i'll watch the tape after the game and we'll watch it tomorrow with coach but um, I think overall, it was better today, yeah. Does a game like that, with the big chunks of yardage in the running game, show how comfortable you guys are getting in the in the scheme and, and Coach Lafleur's blocking system, and, and how much could that pay off again? You're going to get a lot of games like this between now and January. Yeah, I mean, I think I think guys are getting more comfortable in this run scheme week to week. You know what I mean? I think it's, um, it's a progression that, you know, we started in OTAs and have built up to now inside zone, outside zone. Um, different schemes and we've gotten comfortable in it and um we need to be because yeah i mean we we need to be able to run the football when you get into december i mean that's just the way it is and and just finally how much does a win like that right comes right down to the end of the game last play does is that something that you guys can draw on as you get into those close games later on in the end yeah i mean i think it's definitely a uh, momentum booster obviously we go into a bye week right now but um Going to a bye week with a crazy finish like that, get to eight and two. Um, it's all that matters at this point, you know what I mean? But uh, we know we can rely on our defense to make those types of stops, and they did again tonight. And, uh, you know, hats off to them. Brian Belaga speaking with our very own Matt Sherry. Uh, Matt, you talked with him about the blocking, about how it felt on that offensive side and seeing the defence step up a bit as well. But Aaron Jones is the one name that we've we've not gone into too much depth with. Yep. Jamal Williams, a friend of the show, great change of pace guy and, and uh, you know, someone that's working with him in the scheme as well. Yeah. 
But Aaron Jones really has become the proper all-around threat. You see him splitting out wide. You see him taking those up-the-gut carries. You see him, you know, making moves in space and making guys miss. I, I, I really, really am impressed with where he's got to in this scheme. And, and honestly, I, I think that that is the kind of thing that can carry them against even good defences. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he's become one of the best backs in the league. The interesting part for me is 12 months ago, we was in Green Bay for the Miami game. And I thought that whole game was emblematic of emblematic of what was going wrong for Mike McCarthy. And and one of the big takeaways that that day was, well, they're just wasting this Aaron Jones kid who looks a really good player. Um, but yeah, I mean, Matt Lafleur deserves a lot of credit for what he's done, what he's done with him, and what and what what he's done with that running game generally. Um, I mean, I thought there were a lot of big holes in this game, but he's an exceptional back. I mean, he's just good at all at all facets of it as well. So yeah, but a big positive. I mean, you you think that. A bit like what we were saying with Rodgers, you know, that this team now runs through Aaron Jones and and hopefully improve performances from their defence. And that's something that we haven't seen for, for well, ever in the Aaron Rodgers mm. era. Um, let's just hear the last couple of interviews uh, we got from inside the Packers locker room. Uh, Packers, uh, Packers linebacker Rashawn Gary, outside linebacker Rashawn Gary coming up. The first defensive tackle, Kenny Clark. We spoke to you in week one after the, the Chicago game and everyone was very excited about this, this defence. Does it feel like tonight you got back after a, a few tougher weeks to, to what you were then? Yeah, uh, you know, I mean, I think, I think uh, we got back to being us a little bit. Um, you know, I think think in the second half we kind of kind of got got away from it, but we kind of picked it back up. And, uh, I mean, really, really should have, we had a lot of opportunities to finish the game, whether it was sacks or interceptions. And uh, we really should have closed that game out uh, earlier, but... Um, yeah, I think I think we, we got we got back to, to how we play football, uh, being able to stop the run, and then um, rushing. You know, being able to to, to rush, pin our ears back, and uh, get after the quarterback and, and affect him in all kinds of ways. In hindsight, does a game like that where it comes down to the last play, you guys make the play to stop it? Does that kind of build spirit in the team? And, and if you get back in that position in the next few weeks, I guess you know you can get the job done. Yeah, uh, I mean it just it just brings the team even closer. Um, I think, man, I think we a battle battle tested group. Uh, you know, you know we we play together. Uh, so um, yeah, man. I mean. I, we we battle tested. Uh, I really truly believe. I really truly believe that, and uh, that's only gonna make this team stronger going through situations like that. Lots of the iconic games in this place are played in those types of conditions. Is it is it fun as a player to be involved in that? Yeah, as I was saying earlier, man. Like man, it's it's it's, it's cool. This is what you you your vision. You know, when you're a kid uh, playing in the snow in Lambeau. Um, and I mean, that, that was my first time playing in the in the snow, and uh, I can't wait to play one of them Blizzard games next. I want to play one of those. Better you than me. <laughs> Here in the victorious Green Bay locker room with Rashan Gary Rashan, we spoke to you last year and also after the week one game against Chicago. Do, do you really feel like you're starting to get acclimatized to this defense in the NFL now? Oh yeah, man, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, we're eight and two. You know, as a team, and um, you know, the best thing about it is we still have room to improve. And um, you know, we get to go on a bye week. You know, rest our body, get ready for you know the up and coming game that we have. And you know, I'm feeling good, so I'm catching the flow and I'm feeling great. When you're drafted by Green Bay, I guess you think about games like this in the snow at Lambeau Field. Um, what was it like for, for the first experience of it? Man, it was beautiful. Um, you know, I haven't played in the snow since my freshman year when we played in Indiana. So, you know, seeing, you know, the snow fall on the floor and just, you know, just the atmosphere, uh, it was great, man. So I'm 
I'm, I've always been in the cold, so I'm happy to be staying in the cold. Notice you were, your locker here is wedged between the, the two Smiths. How, how, how good is it as a, as a rookie to have two guys like that kind of mentoring you as you're coming at the league? Oh, yeah, it's great. Um, you know, I'm seeing what they're doing, and, um, you know, I'm picking their brains about everything um, from, you know, what they look about, um, you know, when it comes to the snap count or, you know, what you look at, um, you know, from an offensive lineman standpoint and just talking to them guys. Um, and when I come in in the game, you know, it's easier and I'm able to flow. Games like that, what do they do for kind of both the toughness, mental and physical of the team and also the team spirit? You know, playing it in those conditions, it comes down to the wire. You guys make the play at the end of the game to get the win. Oh, yeah, um, you know, absolutely. We're in Green Bay, um, you know, if you, you're used to the cold. Um, you know, we're practicing it all week, and like I said, we're from Green Bay, and we know how I feel to play in the cold. So I feel like, you know, the win, you know, helps the team, but at the end of the day, we got to hit the restart button and get ready. What's it like as a, as a rookie in Green Bay? We've been around the town today, and we see this. It's, I mean, it's a bit like a college town, isn't it? You know, it's, it's just very different to anything that you see in, in professional sports. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I came from Ann Arbor. Um, you know, coming to Green Bay kind of feel the same um, in terms of, you know, the small town, small town um, you know, crazy fans and a lot of energy, and um, they all about football. So, you know, making that transition, they kind of feel the same. Uh, Kenny Clark and Rashawn Gary speaking with our very own Matt Sherry, who's still with us. Matt, while we've uh, still got you, let's just quickly focus on uh, what we've got coming up for you this Thursday night, because Thursday night football, uh, you guys are going to be there for what I think is, is suddenly an interesting game. Maybe yeah. not on the playoff picture, but Brown Steelers and a chance to see Brown Steelers in that great stadium with that fantastic fan base. And after they've both come off, a win this past yep. weekend. The Steelers, great defensive performance against the Rams, yeah. who are who are absolutely cacking the bed. It seems right now, and the uh, and the Browns, you know, finally stepping up and, and making something happen. It wasn't pretty, but they actually managed to get take the win away from the Bills. They stepped up on defense. They got drives going. Their red zone problems are still there, but you know, suddenly Brown Steelers. There's there's some intrigue to this Thursday night game. Yeah, I mean, I think the interesting part from a Browns perspective is that their season is literally on the line, isn't it? You know, they, they basically need to win out and they certainly need to win the games against other AFC teams, who were, well, against AFC teams who were right around 500 and better, as the Steelers are now. I mean, you talk playoffs, I mean, the, the Steelers are firmly in the mix, aren't they, for the playoffs now? So, yeah, well, they've won five on the bounce? Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, the They've had a favourable schedule in that time, but I mean, good win against the Rams. Who four on the bounce? Really sorry, in, five in, of the last in, six. In, <laughs> sorry, yeah. I had to get yeah. it right. I keep getting things wrong no, and then not correcting myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think it's a it's a huge game, and this is another winnable game for the for the Steelers. And I mean, the, 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 their defense is playing great. I mean, I think TJ Watt should personally be in the defensive player of the year mix. He's playing superb football, and I'm looking forward to seeing him in action on Thursday. Wonderful stuff, right, Shezza? We'll um, we'll let you get off and, and go and enjoy Chicago with the lads. Uh, we will speak to you again after Thursday night football. Where I have a hand yep. up on the opposite side of the table. Yeah, I, you probably haven't seen this, Shezza, but uh, eight minutes ago, Adam Schefter, the NFL has arranged a workout for Colin Kaepernick in Atlanta. Uh, teams are invited to come and watch. Um, it's a, it, just incredible. Uh, if if anyone turn anyone turns up. Uh, yeah. Lamar Jackson doing incredible things. You know, he's a similar guy to to Colin. What Colin I mean, Kaepernick I mean, Lamar Jackson did. is a much, much, much better quarterback than Colin Kaepernick showed out even in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I would agree but. with you there. But what I'm saying is, 
Um, it's quarterback ready, need, needy teams, and maybe this is the step in the right just direction for the NFL in, in trying to bridge that gap of Colin Kaepernick not being in the league. Yeah, it's a big moment. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I think it would be madness for any up. any team to not send a scout along to that. Just, yeah, for, the, yeah, for, just for the optic of it. All 32 yeah, it teams look, should be represented terrible. in Atlanta. 100%. 100%. Yeah, it would look awful. All right, cool. well, well watch, right, this, then, watch this space. Shezza, say hi to the lads for us. We miss them. Um, uh, I miss you, actually. So miss, come back to, you, come back to us soon. Too. How well do, man? Do, do the rest of them miss us? Yeah, they do, yeah. But, I mean, obviously, offset by the fact that, they're not, that, that, that they all love me. So. <laughs> yeah. It's all good, isn't but it? But then there is... <laughs> no, there no, is ma- counter- no mention of Joshy there at the all. There's a counterpoint Harsh. they have to put up with Josh. <laughs> Josh, Josh is being great as well. It's it's there's a lot of love. There's a yeah, lot of love. Great. It's, 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 it's always like that the first few days. Yeah, you just got to keep <laughs> you got to keep it going. Keep it going, boy. <laughs> right, I will speak to you guys later in the week. Love you, buddy. Great work, Matthew Sherry, joining us from out in Chicago. You're listening to the Gridiron Show. We'll take a little break and talk about the other big storylines from Week Ten. Ramble Daily, where we'll be covering all of your horse needs. And there's more. Every day during the Cheltenham Festival, Betway are giving you the chance to win £50,000 in the free-to-play for-to-win game. Head to betway.com to play now. Up next, more horses. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Horse, horse, horse. Full-time supply, 18 plus only, begambleaware.org. Hi everyone, it's Dev off the radio here. We're doing a brand new podcast from LucasAid Sport called Running the Show. And I'm Sam Thompson from Made in Chelsea. I'll be joining Annoying slash being overly affectionate with Dev for the next 12 weeks as we both take up running for the first time. Make sure you join us on all your podcast providers to find out which one of us is killing the training and which one of us is hating every second. Probably me. Last night nearly f- f- killed me watching Kendrick Bourne drop pass after pass Don't. after pass. You're listening to The Gridiron Show. Will Gavin, Ollie Hunter back in studio. While you were off listening to those little uh, advertisements, me and Ollie got to speak with Connor from The Gridiron Show. You'll have heard his assessment of Lambeau Field at the front of the show as well <laughs> because I had to throw it in there after hearing it from him. Um, just one of the best. He's one of the best. Just a, a great guy. And when we went to... Uh, we went to the Toucan in London when he came over for a Spurs game. Yeah, I remember. And I remember not getting the email. It's fine. You got the email, mate. You got Absolutely it. did you, not. You did. You did. We've we've gone through this, but the WhatsApps um, have been checked. It's been proven. I did not get the, the email. WhatsApps have been checked. It's proven. You got the WhatsApp. Anyway, um, he's. We ended up just having. Should we just have one more? Just one more. We ended up having eight pints of Guinness. I would have loved to have been there. The 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 great the great. Guinness Place in London, the Toucan. Just go there. It's fantastic. Right. Con- Connor Mallon, absolute hero. Yeah. Uh, look, there's, there's no point in us pouring over all of the games from this weekend, but there are two games that we need to talk about. One of them was the absolute classic that was Monday Night Football. I say classic. It was... One of the sloppiest games of football I can remember in recent memory. The Seahawks beating the 49ers in overtime, 27-24, with a 42-yard Jason Myers field goal. Uh, 
right, I said it, I got over it, let's carry on. Uh, the, um, the everything that we we kind of we just talked with Connor about from a 49ers perspective the Fred Warner dropped interception the five dropped passes Kendrick Bourne particularly going into the arms for the interception the missed first down uh, which should have been given which led to the field goal uh, completely being shanked uh, by McLaughlin in overtime after he'd so been so clutch to kick the 47 yarder to take it to overtime in the first place all of those missed opportunities Opportunities on the other side of the ball, the Seahawks will feel aggrieved at the at the lack of flags. They felt like uh, there was a really bad helmet to helmet call that got given against them. Russell Wilson face mask, which is the one I do agree with. That shouldn't that should have been given. It would have negated the 49ers touchdown. There was so much to to look at from this game from a sloppy perspective. But it delivered an absolute barnstormer. And I think what we really have to focus on in terms of what it means going forward for the season, is just how good that Seahawks defensive line were, just how good the front seven were, just how good Jadavian Clowney was, and combine that with a decent run game and, and an MVP-level Russell Wilson, I think that they're going to win the NFC West. Really? I, I know that that sounds like me being a pessimistic 49ers fan, but you saw the issues that the 49ers had on offense yesterday with the drops and everything. And yes, they had eight in-game injuries. Yeah. And they had no George Kittle and no Emmanuel Sanders from about a quarter and a half into the game. And those tackles really struggled to settle back in, even though they got their two starters back after a while. But you look at the 49ers schedule down the, uh, down the stretch. So Cardinals next week, maybe a chance to get a healthy game, although they've been better. Then they've got the Packers go to the Ravens, go to the Saints the next three games after that, and then they finish the season at the road against the Seahawks. Mm. Now, the Seahawks don't have an easy schedule, and, and around that, the 49ers play the Falcons at home, who've just beat the Saints at home. Yeah, Let's not be putting that game down necessarily. And the Rams at home, difficult divisional clash. But the Seahawks, they go on the road to the Eagles, they have the Vikings at home, the Rams on the road, the Panthers on the road, the Cardinals home, and then the 49ers home. Yeah. It's a tough shit. Both teams have it tough. I think the Seahawks showed in a tough game, they're the team I would take to come out on top. I think those teams are all eminently beatable for the Seahawks. I think it probably comes down to the Week 17 game. That game being in Seattle, I think they get the win there, they win the NFC West. What an amazing game. What a shootout for the, for the bye. And I'm, I'm in Los Angeles with Sarah that you, week. You have to go. It's $350 per person to fly to Seattle. $700, that's the cost of our hotel, for, of our Airbnb on Venice Beach for the entire week, pretty much. Jeez. To fly up for 24 hours for that game. And yet I'm thinking about it. You can take Sarah to that bar, by the way. Oh yeah, Hinano's, absolutely. Yeah, what a great bar. I was messaging uh, uh, Lakeisha last night about Hinano's. I was saying, asking her if she wanted to go to the Rams game. Yeah. Um, but she's got to work as well. I didn't realise she also did all the social media and stuff on a Sunday. But she was like, but we're going to Hinano's for a burger. I'm like, absolutely. We landed on the 27th. I'll see you there. Time code that, by the yeah. way. <laughs> uh, it's just, it's just, it's just you, awful. You, you basically lost what... Uh, you, you forgot that we were doing a podcast then. That was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, uh, an amazing finale. You should... Oh, man, I would try and get there because CenturyLink is incredible. Has, has Sarah been to Seattle? I don't think so, no. It's but we'd literally city. land there, go yeah. to the stadium, stay in a hotel, fly out the next morning at like 5am. I think you should crowdfund it. 
<laughs> Who's going to really, especially after I went off on one on Twitter last night and I got really drunk during the game and I was really belligerent. Yeah. Should have heard the things I was saying about Pete Carroll on my WhatsApp chat that involves Adam Rhodes. They weren't pleasant. Why are you being like this about Pete Carroll? Um, you hate Pete Carroll. Is there... I don't hate Pete Carroll. I would like that officially made that uh, Ollie Hunter of the Gridiron Show does. Oh, not hate Pete if Carroll. I could be bothered, I could go through years <laughs> of archives of you complaining about yeah, him he, constantly. He used to really annoy me. Is there any worry about Jimmy G? Uh, I know some people were talking about that he didn't look right. The offense still isn't quite clicking. I know you had the drop passes, you've had the injuries, and all of that. But do you have a worry about Jimmy G or not? Look, I think the, the, the bigger worry from the game is, is what is going to happen with the injuries. Emmanuel Sanders, uh, rib, uh, showed no broken ribs on the x-ray, but he is going for an MRI on it. Um, you've got, uh, DJ Jones, who had a really big sack in the first half. Ronald Blair went out injured. Uh, Aziz Al-Sharir left with a concussion, and we now got very weak at linebacker. But on the Seahawks side, Tyler Lockett went out of the game, if that's a serious injury. Well, I with- think that is weird. It's leg, a swelled up a severe lower leg contusion it's been called so you know josh gordon a non-factor until overtime when suddenly they started throwing to him on third down and he was brilliant yeah yeah so he could step in and be the replacement for i don't think he's the same kind of player obviously i just think what you what you did see from garoppolo was some really good drives late in the game yeah some horrendous drops there was one interception which was really bad, and some of the, the passing was high, but I don't think it was an awful performance from him. Certainly not as bad as the box score looks. I'm not sweating it over it, but equally, you know, if we'd had Russell Wilson and they had Jimmy G, we'd have won that game of football. That There's no denying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he is an unbelievable quarterback. I just think that if the run game doesn't get going like it didn't until late on... It was just a weird game, like yeah. from a from a 49ers perspective. The play calling in the first two drives was awful. Like really, really not what the 49ers can usually do. Then it picked up. Then Emmanuel Sanders went down and then it started to struggle again. It just, I don't know how big a miss George Kittle was for them, but it seems to be absolutely huge. And from a Seahawks perspective, as much as I do think that they did deserve the victory in the end, they went through some horrendous barren spells in this game as well. In the first half, there was the, between the interception, the punt, uh, they, were, they only had the three drives in the first half, field goal, punt, interception, and then field goal, punt, fumble return, for a touchdown at this point you're going this is a dreadful game yeah. two more fumbles and another punt you know actually only the one offensive touchdown in the game until the very very end and they get the field goal it just was a weird 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 game but a good game but a good game but a good game and a that, really yeah. really good game um, yeah I just think I, the, the overall implications and impact are a little bit terrifying are these three of or sorry with the Packers are they three of the top five teams or top six teams that will make the playoffs in the NFC? Are they that? Oh, yeah, they all make the playoffs, yeah. Uh, are, but the Seahawks, with their issues, it's, it, it was so encouraging for their for them on defence that they stepped up. If they'd been hammered last night, when they were 10 nothing down and the 49ers turned the ball over and, and, and turned the ball over on downs on that fourth down because they didn't trust Chase McLaughlin to kick a 52-yarder, if they score there and they continue to build on it and they end up beating the, the Seahawks by 20 points and it's a bad defensive performance, then I look at the rest of the Seahawks' schedule and I go, Phew, they could miss the playoffs mm. based on what we're seeing from some other teams in the NFC. But actually, I look at it now and I go... 
with how good that performance was against a very good team last night and what it means to their record overall and with the Saints losing and with the Panthers losing and with everything else that happened around them. Now they look like they could go and win the NFC Western. It's amazing how much turned on last night. Yeah. Absolutely incredible. Um, I do um, want to talk about Sunday night football as well, though. Yeah, while well, we've got the a little Vikings bit of time. were. I mean, they were pretty impressive. I thought the Vikings were excellent. I thought that Kirk Cousins was really good. Um, I thought, considering it was Kirk Cousins on the road, prime time against a winning team, we all know the record: one and nine, oh one and. 0-9-1 with the Vikings on the road against winning teams. It was banged on about. He was unlucky against the Chiefs for the week before. And he, between him and Dalvin Cook, they managed to put this offense on their shoulders. Eric Kendricks was unbelievable for them. But there was a real problem with the Cowboys' offense late on. Zeke Elliott did nothing on the night. They had big chunk plays in the first half, but they got nothing late in the game. Mm. And the game got away from them in a bigger way than it looks like from the box score. I do think that the Cowboys have a real coaching problem. I think that the play calling is an issue. And I think things like the the, the stuff that's the head coach stuff, the stuff like time management, etc., just isn't there for them. I, I think the Cowboys miss the playoffs and the Eagles take the NFC East. Wow. Eagles have got, I think, on... One of the late games next week. It's not the the Rams Bears, which is the Sunday we should night have, football. Why wasn't that flexed last week? Everyone could see that was going to be a bad game but of football. It's Patriots Eagles next week. Live on Talksport. <laughs> so Patriots Eagles next week is absolutely huge. If that's what you're what you're saying, um, look, this is so the Eagles. Yes, they have the Patriots at home next week, and yes, they've got to face the Seahawks as well. Two tough games. Yeah, but I think they can lose both those games and then beat. The Dolphins, the Giants twice, Washington, and then the key, the Cowboys at home. If they go 10-6, and six, they win that division. So, so they the can actually game. lose the next two weeks. No, the final game, they've got Giants on the road the last okay, week. Okay, okay. It's the Week 16 game, and that will be Sunday Night Football, surely, yeah. that week, um, on the flex. I, I think they absolutely go. But when you look at the, the Cowboys' run, they have to go to the Patriots, to the Eagles. They, so they only have to lose one additional game in addition to that. Going to the Bears, going to the Lions, home to the Bills, home to the Rams. I think they they don't go four and zero in those games. Mm. I think they go three and one or two and two, and that's it. They're out of the playoffs. It, yeah, uh, and that. Although based to, on this last weekend, who knows? How can we even predict? You'd have to imagine at this point. that it would be the end of Jason Garrett. But let's talk about the Vikings. Kyle Rudolph, what a catch! Ooh, that I, is on the throwaway. From Carl, uh, from Kirk Cousins, wasn't it, it wasn't. I don't think it was a throwaway. When you watch it, it, it looks like it at first. It was like the Dwight Clark. It was like the catch yeah. in the. It was a semi throwaway, but what you do is you put it where only your receiver can get you it. Give him a chance. You give him a ten percent chance that he's going to catch it, knowing that if he doesn't. It's not going to be intercepted. So I, I wouldn't call it a strict throwaway, but Carl Rudolph made an unbelievable play, and he spoke with our TalkSport team, with Kevin Kugel and Jason Taylor, so we can just hear him talking about that catch. Hey, when the quarterback trusts you and he's going to throw a ball up in coverage, uh, I haven't asked him yet if he was throwing it away or if he was giving <laughs> me a chance, but uh, I just tried to make a play. It was big for us to start fast down here in Dallas on the road. Hey, Kyle, Jason Taylor here. What, what does this mean, this bounce-back game, after, after losing last week to Kansas City? You come into Big D and, and get a win against a really good football team with some people questioning who your football team may have been. Uh, it was huge for us. You know, we, we said it all week. This was a big game. 
we didn't get it done on the road last week against a good team, and we knew we had to come down here to Dallas and, and take care of business on the road. You know, this is big for us. The second half of the season, we're going to have to win big games on the road, and this is just a start. You've got a quarterback who's playing well. You've got a young running back in Dalvin Cook who just continues to pound away at the opposition. If you guys are hitting on all cylinders, is there anybody that can stop you? You know, we feel like as an offense, if we can stay balanced, if we can stay ahead of the chains, run the football, and, and when we can use all of our skill position players, we got a chance. But, you know, when we don't stay ahead of the chains, we hurt ourselves with penalties, you know, then, then we come susceptible to being stopped. So uh, as long as we can stay on schedule, we feel like we got a good shot to get points every drive. Well, you got two of those touchdowns tonight, Kyle. Congratulations on a tremendous performance by you and your team tonight. Enjoy the week as you get the win over Dallas. Thank you, guys. Carl Rudolph speaking with us on TalkSport 2 on Sunday night. Uh, unbelievable heads-up play from him on that. Um, I just, yeah, I really, really impressed and really concerned for the Cowboys. Very, very good defense with the Vikings. They're pretty consistent week to week. Going into AT&T when Dak's throwing the ball about for just under 400 yards, three touchdowns, um, it is is impressive from a Vikings point of view. And then on offense, you said that Kirk Cousins looked really good, but without Adam Thielen, you're getting the ball more to Dalvin Cook, Irv Smith Jr., the 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 extra tight end. Extra tight end. Um, Kyle Rudolph coming up with it. Stefan Diggs is making making plays. And I, I like what the Vikings are doing. And you've got to say, their record, what are they, 7-3 and three now? Um their record, just one game behind the Packers, and they invite the Packers into their building. Um, it's uh, it's going to be a really tasty wild card. And I don't think any team would want to play the Vikings now, that, now that they've got that monkey off their back of that that road, uh, to road loss to winning teams and all of that. Um, so, yeah, it, it, the NFC is looking really spunky. Last thing I'm going to say... And this is going to sound like a little bit of bitterness because of the result on Monday night, but it genuinely isn't. When I take into account the Russell Wilson performance on Monday night, which had some moments of brilliance, but overall was one of his weaker performances of the year. Yes, against a good defense. Yes, there were penalties, yada, yada, yada. But I think of the five sacks, at least three of them were on him. Um, the fact is, is that all the he added to his game-winning drive stats because of a 49ers missed field goal. They should never have got a chance at that field goal because they sh- the Seahawks should have won the game already, mm. but he threw a bad interception. It was a bad interception. And it yeah. was a bad interception. Yeah. As of this moment, and I'll be writing about this in the NFL UK panel tomorrow morning, Lamar Jackson is my MVP. He has to be. The, what he did in that game, he was so good. I know it's against the Bengals, and the Bengals aren't a, a good football team. but They're still a professional football but team. But he's making throws that... People said that at the beginning of the season he couldn't make. He's also using his legs to an incredible degree. He's changing the game. Have you seen um have you seen Coach Harbaugh talking to him on the sideline afterwards or during the game, sorry, and he's going, You're changing the game. Uh, there'll be people, there'll be kids wanting to wear number eight jerseys. I just think it's incredible what he's doing. When, when you go back to the quarterback he was when he first started at Louisville, where he genuinely was a glorified running back, and you look over the last five years at the gradual improvement of his pocket presence and his ability to throw the ball, 
he has improved more than any other player in that time at that skill whilst maintaining this unbelievable running ability. He's what Cam Newton could have been right now. And yes, I know we're in year two and durability and everything else, but he's my MVP right now. And I like the Ravens based on what we keep seeing from him. My worry was that the Ravens will beat the Patriots, but give Belichick 60 minutes of Lamar Jackson to uh, consume it into his system Mm. and then spit it back out in a playoff game, he'll beat him. I think Lamar Jackson's got enough in his locker that he can do something different and beat them. I like the Ravens to go to the Super Bowl right now. And they're brilliantly coached. Really greatly coached. Hubble's been there, done it. Marcus Peters' trade looks great. Fantastic. Pick six, what was it, 70, 85, something like that. Yards, pick six. That looks really good. And you, if you go through their defensive starters, across the board, there are some incredible players there. They're, you've got Justin Tucker, barely misses a kick, all right, he did two weeks ago <laughs> for the first time ever, it seems. But across the board... For every facet of their play, they have absolute playmakers. Plus, they've got one of the best tight ends in the league in in, in Andrews. So Greg Roman is calling great games. Giro, yeah. as they call him in town. Mark Ingram looks great. Uh, the On the defensive side of the ball, Earl Thomas now, he's settled into that system because bit different from when he was playing free yeah. safety in Seattle and he just had to play the roaming guy but playing in a much more diverse system it took him six or seven games to pick it up he now looks a lot better I'm loving what they're doing I'm I'm feeling them for the Super Bowl can we get Ravens 49ers Super Bowl rematch from rematch. yeah I'm not calling the 49ers for the Super Bowl right now I can't do that to myself like you just did no actually. it feels it made like me you feel just sick. did you just did that Ollie any final thoughts I really hope um, a lot of players, oh, sorry, a lot of teams go and see Colin Kaepernick on, in this workout. All the teams will be sent. It will be a workout. It will be an interview as well. Um, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see what they get sent. What kind, what kind of shape is he in? Because we we keep hearing every time, every week, or every, it seems like that he's still working out. He's still keeping fresh. He's still keeping fit. Be amazing if we got him back in the league. The, prob- the, space. the problem is... Mariota, Winston, Dalton, maybe Bridgewater or Breeze. Even Brady could be available this offseason. You've got Tannehill. You've got some brilliant backup performances going on around the league. And you've got the strongest quarterback draft of the last kind of four or five years. Put all that together. I just don't know if there's a need for him right now. Should he be in the league as at least a backup? Absolutely. But his relevance is slipping away by the day at the moment and it's horrible to say because you know, I love the man from when he was at Fort San Francisco and I hate the way he was treated by the league but I just don't know he's needed yeah 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 anyway this is the, basically the NFL have mucked this up and should have done this 18 months should ago should have done it 18 months ago any team that signs him that jersey will fly absolutely fly you've got to go get a train I've got to go see my wife thank you very much for listening we'll have a 100 show out probably Thursday and then we'll have the preview show out Friday or Saturday thank you very much for listening this has been the Gridiron Show (coughs) oh birdie (coughs) he's genuinely ill take tomorrow off